We're continuing in our sermon series on the book of Psalms, just looking at different psalms each week. This morning we're looking at a psalm that's considered a psalm of lament. And you find those throughout the 150 chapters of Psalms. Some authors have said and scholars have said it could be up to a third. It could be up to half of all the Psalms. Maybe even more are laments, are complaints to God. We, we remember even last week we talked about how often that phrase, how long is in the Psalms? How long, God, do you do something? These complaints or petitions to God, but then also just bearing your heart to God, weeping before him because of your struggle and here because of your sin. Many times they're corporate laments. You hear David at the death of Saul and Jonathan tell the people of God, I think it's 2 Samuel 1, You all need to learn to lament, and we're going to learn it right now, to lament and cry before the Lord. The people of God were commanded to do this spiritual discipline and this prayer of lament. Oftentimes, it's corporate. And even after, if you remember Dr. Sandy Richter, who used to be a member of our church, he's got a great study. Linda would love to help you uh, with that on the Psalms. And in, I think, chapter 6 or 7, she talks about laments. And, and in that, she reminds us, even when the people of God came back from exile, even when the temple, of built, uh, temple was rebuilt, lament, still lament, because listen, everything's still not all right, and everybody's not home yet. Until the kingdom of God comes in its fullness, even now, the people of God are to be people who routinely lament That's the call of God for us corporately, uh, to to be a people who do that. Um, But also you see here with David, it's a a psalm of confession, yes, but individually it's also a psalm or a song of lament. Um, There's a great book about lament by Michael Card called A Sacred Sorrow how we need to take up that discipline again. And in that book, Michael Card says, it's an odd thing. Jesus wept. Job wept. Jeremiah wept. David wept. They did it openly. Their weeping became a matter of public record. Jesus was even known as a man of his sorrows. And if they did it, we need to learn from that. Because it's all throughout Scripture to complaints or struggles or frustrations to God, to lamenting before God for sins. You see it in Abraham. You see it in Martha. You see it in Paul. This reminder again to lay our hearts before God and to seek him. And this this is really one of the sadder chapters in all of Scripture. And you see it. DJ didn't read it for us. But you see it in the title to the song. Psalm 51 should be it, but so many of these psalms give a backstory or a context or a background as to why it was written. For the choir director, a psalm of David, yes, but then we get the story behind the story. You've done this, or maybe you haven't done it, but one of of your friends has done this. You introduce somebody, somebody gets introduced to you, hi, I want you to meet Frank. Hi, Frank, how you doing? And as soon as he walks away, what does your friend say to you? You remember the thing that happened down at the gym? It was that guy. We always love to get a little bit extra in 
about somebody. I did it to two of y'all this week. I was meeting with one of our church members at Primos, having breakfast together. Two of y'all happened to be eating there, came up and said hi, and as soon as you left. Do you know who that guy is? And I said positive things, because I knew the sermon was coming. Uh, so, but, but we love to add in, oh, they're this person who does this at our church, or they're this person who does that. And that's what we get here, this extra background, a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came to him after David had gone to Bathsheba. It sets the context of this passage. You know that well from Sunday school in your own study. Look, it's, it's tough enough being exposed. Someone after God's own heart set somebody up to be killed? Yeah. Somebody after God's own heart committed that kind of egregious sin with somebody? Yeah. But now it's forever in the word of God, ever brought up before us in the very title. Yes. It's this lament. And that's how we read this psalm. In the midst of the horror of David's guilt and his sin, where can he turn? What can he do? And that's our question this morning before we come to this table. It's the great, it's the great gift of God, and it's, it's a word that this world cannot get. It is, it is the opposite of what we do. We just heard that beautiful song, Is He Worthy? Yes, He is. And I am not. I'm not. I am very aware of my failings. Very aware of my sin. I am not worthy. What am I going to do with the weight of that? What's David going to do? He's, ki- he's got all these blessings of God, this call of God, the Spirit of God on him, his kingship, all those blessings of God, and he's blown it in this way. What are you going to do? And let's be honest, like the other religions of this world, we can turn to their answer. Every last one of them, their answer is simply this. Do something you got the weight of sin on your shoulders, you do something about that. And I can't. I can't do something with the horror of sin on my life before a holy God. There's not a thing I can do. And that's the great and good news of Scripture. And that's really the twist of that. We try to muster up what we can do for God, and it's never enough. We say, I'll start start giving more. I'll start attending more. I'll start doing these good works. David even says here, he talks about, I can't even bring sacrifices uh, before you. Those won't be enough. In verse 16, it's simply this. As the hymn writer says, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. I come before you naked and would you dress me? I'm helpless. I'm going to fly or run to your cross. That's what we see here. It's the great turning or twist of, of, of Scripture. What this world races to will never work. I read recently a, a Christian author say this, many of us act as if repentance is a matter of the will. Repentance is not doing something about our sin. Rather, it means admitting we can't do anything about our sin. We cannot woo ourselves into anything but the most external form of repentance. All of our effort, striving, and willpower have only Uh, 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 a brief value when it comes to fighting an opponent as crafty, intentional, persistent, powerful, and as experienced as sin. It's always been, and it has to be, grace. 
We celebrate this day, our independence as a nation. It's right that we celebrate that. But when you go back and you scour the speeches, you go back and you look at the prayers of the people, yes, they were organized. Yes, there was great leadership. Yes, there was wonderful strategy. It's got to be you. It's got to be the providence of God who puts this nation together and rescues this nation. David finds himself under the unbearable weight of sin. Where does he turn? Where are you going to turn this morning? If I want to be clean, if I want to be new, it's got to be him. Now listen, there's a right response. Go down to verse 13, 14, 15, 19. After you and I have received such a great grace, David says, now I'm going to go out and I'm going to teach other people about you. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make sure to praise you. I'm going to talk about your name. Yes, even though my sacrifices can't please you because of the weight of my sin, eventually I will bring sacrifices before you. But all of that only comes through the forgiving grace and love of God. And you and I know it's through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We all carry a weight and we all carry guilt. We were going through letters, Sarah's family, some of Sarah's families in town. So we were going through some of the letters of her family. And we got, I think for the first time I had heard it, some, uh, uh, just some writings that her grandfather had done as her grandmother were having, was ha- going through her last hours. And so he was writing down some of the final words she would say. And at one point he wrote down that she commented, I understand you feel, speaking to her husband, that I'm too carnal. Now this is somebody who's been a missionary somebody who's lived an exemplary life of being a Christian, somebody who's risked their very lives and their husband's life on the mission field for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet she said to her husband, I think you think I've been too carnal. And you know what? He must have because he actually wrote, I think, in the side notes. Well, number one, she did watch boxing. I mean, come on. These guys have their shirts off when they hit each other. Number one, boxing. Number two, she... She has watched the TV show MASH. This was actually in his notes about her being too carnal. Number three, she read Murder Mysteries, you know, Agatha Christie, shame. Uh, Number four, Carol Burnett Show. I mean, come on, that's bad. But then the great tool and trap of Satan in the 1970s, she she had watched some ice skating. So she was, she was a lot... He, had a, he was a very holy man, and, and maybe he pointed those things out. We don't, we don't need that. You and I know, I hope we know, that we are lost without him. But that's his goodness that we see in this meal. And that's the goodness that David, in the horror of his sin, when Nathan points it out and David realizes, oh, no, and he, he conf- not just confesses, because listen, we can do that, right? Oh, we can, we can say a quick prayer on a Sunday morning. Yes, I acknowledge I've sinned. You're faithful and just. You'll forgive us, and I'll just go on my way. But as Renee reminded us this morning, that can't be. And you watch David's life. We never see him go back to these sins. And maybe part of that is he had lamented well. Not just a quick, oh, I'm sorry, but a weeping, an honesty, a heart that was laid bare before God. You do this. Would you create in me a clean heart? Would you renew a right spirit in me? Would you please don't cast me away from your presence? Would you restore to me the joy 
of my salvation. He'll meet us here. He'll meet us here to do that. Taking up the discipline of lament. It's what we need to do. Not to just be quick with our confession, but to rightly lay our souls, our hearts bare before God, to weep before him. But to know and to trust as David did, and you watch his life, he found the strength to not go back to these sins. Restoration, redemption, forgiveness, and a new heart. How is it you and I need to respond to this, his word this day, as we receive of this holy meal?